Hear us here in the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. We're back. Yeah. Finally, The Rock has come back. You're never a wrestling person, right? I feel like you have the vibe of a wrestling person, but I think we've covered this before. Yeah, I was not a wrestling person. Yeah. I, I knew lots of wrestling people. Okay. Just um, seemed like the person who was like briefly intensely into wrestling or in the early 2000s, then dropped it. Yeah. I, I not like intensely, but uh, there was a period where like I didn't like follow anything where like I would know specific people. Um, but I was like vaguely interested in like the luchador wrestling stuff. Oh, yeah, um, sure. No, this you know what? This is uh, extremely uh, your shit. Yeah, but it was, like, specifically, like, I had a friend who was really into it, um, and so it was just, like, oh, sometimes if I was over at his house, we would be, like, watching it. Um, I think I went to, like, a some sort of, like, in-person match in, like, Milwaukee or something um, that was just, like, you know, not even, like, actual, this is, like, Mexican wrestling league or, you know, whatever the league is there. I don't even remember. Um, but just, like, people doing that style. Yeah. Um Triple A is the big but one in Mexico. I'm there, there is a photo of me wearing a lucha mask, like posing. So mm. I, that to me is like wholly distinct from you being into wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole type of person that just like recreationally wears lucha masks. I would never be that person, despite having been into wrestling several times in my life, and always like, always like six bad months away from getting back into it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like far down the list of things I might get into at any given time, but it's always there lingering in the shadows. Like, can I find this? Do I still have this photo on my phone? Um, How was your trip? Uh, it was pretty good. It rained every single day. Oh, that sounds uh, great. That was the. Yeah, um, it rained the least on the day that we climbed a mountain. So it, like, didn't really start raining until we were, like, climbing back down and we're almost at the bottom. Mm. Um, but uh, that was also the first, like, full day that we were there. Why so are you then, climbing a mountain? Uh, there's, there's like, a big mountain in the, the middle of Montreal, um, and it has the grand staircase that goes up and everything. It's just, like, one of the touristy things you do in Montreal. Okay. Um, Yeah. It was especially funny because uh, Emily and I were like, you know, having our like slowly walking up, you know, trying to pace ourselves, like occasionally having to stop because it, it is just like a, a ton of stairs that you're doing. Um, and thankfully, we were with uh, a friend of hers um, who could keep up a little bit more because our, our toddler was just like shooting up the stairs uh, completely like unfazed by how many stairs. So. Um, but yeah, mostly we just went around and ate food. Um, and we went to drawn in quarterly twice, like the main store and then also the kids store. So fun. Um, yeah, I found the photo. I'm going to send this in the direct messages. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm on the right. Okay. <laughs> Man. Um, anyway, yeah, it was a pretty good trip. Uh, I watched a lot of Gundam on the trip. I heard that. Uh, yeah. Cause you, 
you like have to still get back for toddler bedtime and you can't like leave the hotel with the toddler just there alone. Um, so aside from like one of us doing an ex- like little excursion to like, Oh, let's, I'm going to go to the grocery store and like pick out some snacks that, you know, we can't get in the U S just to try, uh, what, what kind something of like that. Um, we got a fair number of like candy bars. Um, and obviously all dressed chips are a big thing. Um, I don't yeah. know if you've ever had them, but yeah, I have, I don't remember what makes them all dressed, but I have had them. It's like, I I think it's just like a number of the seasonings that they would use for other chips that are like all oh, on yeah, there, it's, but okay. it, yeah, it's like vinegary, but like a little bit more like ketchupy and the a little bit of like barbecue quality and stuff. Here's here's my Um, thing. I don't like ketchup and I don't like barbecue. So it's real fucked up. I remember having these and going, nah, these aren't it. Mm. Um, fair enough. Um, but yeah, there were, there were a few, uh, good candy bars that we got. So, um, I'm looking at the like photo so I can make sure I'm remembering the name. So one is these might be in the US, but I've I haven't seen them here. But it was O Henry Level Up. Um, I mean, I so I know where to get O Henry, but I don't know if I had a Level yeah. Up. Yeah, it's the O Henry Level Up. Uh, it's got like it's like two like square pretzels mm-hmm. as sort of the the base, and then there's like the nuts and um, you know, caramel and oh yeah, this looks peanut good. butter and chocolate and stuff. Yeah. Um. This is this is very similar to the Reese's Take Five, which is a, a candy bar you get pretty much anywhere. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I was a big fan of the Take Five. I feel like this wasn't like sometimes the like Take Five. I ate it as a kid and just enjoyed it, but now I have it and I'm like, this is too sweet. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about uh, most candy bars. If I'm buying chocolate, yeah. I'm buying fuck off expensive chocolate because I'm annoying that way. Um. I feel like it was, it was still pretty sweet, but I feel like it was slightly less sweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is very similar to the Take Five. Um, what's your, what's your uh, candy bar choice during the checkout line? You need to buy an American candy bar. What you got? Probably Twix. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm a ride or die for Kit Kats. They're, they're just the default. They're just solid, good, love a wafer. Yeah, Kit Kats are good too. Um, the grocery store that I go to, so, like, in Chicago, there's, like, normal grocery store stuff, and then there's, like, produce markets. Yeah. Um, and for people who don't know, a produce market is, like, a thing where, uh, like, farms will bring in produce. So it's, like, the lettuce there is probably from, like, a more local farm, and so a lot of the produce is, like, drastically cheaper. I guess, um, I guess I... you would find, like, like, a conventional Everyone knows what a farmer's store. market is, but... Oh, our, our, your internet is being very bad today. So we we're just constantly talking over each other. Oh, okay. Um, I, um, I'm like, everyone has a farmer's market, but I realize I live in the Midwest. So that's probably not actually true. Well, but, and so the produce market is distinct from a, a farmer's market and that it's like a store still, like feels like a grocery store that you're going into. Um, and you're not like buying directly from the farmer. It's just like the, the produce market is deciding which farms to go with currently that are like in season and are going to give, give them a decent price. Um, so it's usually not quite as cheap as like getting out of the farmer's market, but it's just year round. Oh, okay. Um, 
and they'll also like import stuff, you know, um, like they'll get like citrus from Morocco or something sometimes. Um, but, uh, the, the produce market also is like serving a number of like communities around there. So it's like both very, uh, Hispanic and also very Eastern European at the same time. Mm. Um, and so often when I'm there, if I want to get one, I get a Prince Polo bar, which is like full wafer. Uh, if you, if you like look this up, uh, I'm um, going to because I don't think I've had one of these. Prince Philip but, bar. Um, Prince Polo. Prince Polo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's like a Polish candy bar, but I first encountered it Whoa. in Iceland because it was like the first candy bar that came to Iceland. Um, but yeah, it's real good. I um, wonder if the, the Asian market here has a good, like a whole aisle that's just like European candies. They might have this. Yeah, they might. I always, I always go there like- uh, and get, um, Turkish delight because I like Turkish delight quite a bit. Oh, I don't yeah. typically look at the chocolate because like, I'm like, I enjoy chocolate. Don't get me wrong, but I don't love chocolate. I love like fruit flavored desserts. Yeah. Um, I enjoy chocolate. Uh, I also like gummies a lot. That's my other big thing. Um, anyway, we're talking about anything other than the saga right now because there's not much to talk about in the saga. <laughs> Also, uh, you're the only person I do a podcast with where I could just talk about food for like an hour. That's true. You, you could probably do that with Autumn on Gotham City Limits. Autumn is always in a hurry to get dinner going. That's true. And I'm, you yeah. know what, so am I, because it's Friday night and I'm tired and we want to get Batman done and eat. Yeah. Uh, usually I'm like already serving up food while they're recording. So, yeah, because usually they record here because when we watch the movie for Star Wars yeah. afterwards, but. Uh, while you were gone, um, I had a manganata. That was my thing. Have you had a manganata before? I think so. Uh, it just, it's been a while. So uh, if you don't know the listener, a, uh, manganata is a, a Mexican like summer dessert, um, which is mang. The internet is mango sorbet, but it's basically like you, you dice up a bunch of mangoes and puree it, um, into like a smoothie. Um, but you put it in a cup with, uh, chamoy and uh tahine and tahine is like a chili lime like spice um and yeah. chamoy is this um it's hard to describe chamoy because when i google it, when you google it it's like uh everyone has their own recipe uh or you buy the store-bought stuff um but chamoy is like a, a pickled fruit sauce that is like sour and spicy and sweet it's it's just like a flavor i'd never experienced before i had a, had a great time I was like, I need to have one of these all the time now. Yeah. I'd had teen before. Um, I, I did buy a bottle after that. I was like, man, I need, it's summertime. I'm going to be eating some watermelon. If you want your watermelon to be really good, um, even if the watermelon you buy is kind of mid, uh, throw some tahine on it. Uh, if you don't have tahine, just like cayenne pepper and lime juice. It'll it'll do you right. It, it's, it does the trick. Just don't eat that yeah. plain. You got to put something on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you do the lime juice and the chili pepper and you, you still feel like it needs like a little bit extra, just do like a little bit of salt. Not a lot. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying not to like put that much salt in my diet, but yes, a little bit will go a long way. Yeah. Uh, um, 
But uh, I recommend yeah, no, it if you can get, a, good. get a get in get a nice uh, summer drink. Uh, summer is the time for great drinks. I love a cool novelty drink. It's hot yeah, today. That's true. I, I'm I'm currently nursing, trying to meet my mic around at a taro uh, boba tea while we're recording. So it's <laughs> uh, like extra hard to be meeting your mic around just because there's, you know, you're trying to get the little boba and everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I guess we should probably talk about the saga. Yeah. Um. So we read uh, Harald Saga Graufelder, or the Saga of Harald Greycloak. Um, and as a decent start, like, I feel like in some of the other sagas we've read, this would just be, like, one of the entertaining stories, but not necessarily even the best one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do start off with, uh, after uh, King Hauken is killed, the sons of uh, Erekir take over. And Harald is, like, the oldest that's still alive, and so kind of becomes, like, the the default uh, king uh, of the family for this. Um, also, a lot of the, like, governance is shared with Gunhildr, um, who, you know, king's mother, we... She was the, like, milf mom at the beginning of um, Nyala, the milf queen. Um, but, uh... Yeah, and then we get this thing, um, well, one, it specifically calls out that uh, there were th- three main chieftains uh, that they basically had to contend with, uh, Trigvi, Olison in the east, uh, Glitherother, Bjarnason in uh, west, and then Sirther, uh Clothiarl in Trondheim. Um, and then we also learned that there was this uh, poet, the skald named Avender Finson, um, who, you know, did some like mocking poetry of King Harald here. Um, and so he was like, Hey, like I will, you know, I, I should be, I should kill you for this. But if you become like a skald under me, then it'll be fine. Um, and so he says, sure but then continues to write some mocking poetry uh specifically about like how uh the king is hoarding all of this wealth and like burying it in the ground and not giving it to people um and king haraldir is like that's a really mean thing to say uh in payment you have to give me your gold ring <laughs> um <laughs> uh and then at you know at the end uh Avendir writes this uh this verse that's basically like, um, you know, I, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, yeah. And he, he departs for his home and then never comes in King Haraldir's presence again. Um, so that's probably the best part. The rest of this is just them going around and killing those three guys that, you know, had the, the various parts of the country. Um, the three chieftains. So, I think um, Seerthur goes first. Uh, they're the one that they kill over first through treachery. Uh, they burn him in his home. Um, and then in like rapid succession, um, we get King Trigvi and King Guthrothur both being uh like cut down in battle. 
Um, there's not too much else of note. I mean, at one point he gets a sheepskin cloak from some Icelanders, and that's how he gets his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the like implication is that uh, it wasn't selling well. And then because they gave him a gift and he started wearing it, then, like, it became a little fashion trend. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we get, like, a couple, like, uh, little side incidents that are gonna, I think, set up, like, future uh, stuff. So we've got the a different sea arthur um, who rapes Clipper's wife, uh, and then Clipper kills him for it. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. We don't even like end with his death. Like the saga didn't even give him him dying because we're going to start the next saga with, uh, King Trigvi's son being born and he's like the next one that it's all about. So it's going to be like all about his life. Mm -hmm. Um, Oliver Trigveson being uh, one of the ones that showed up in the sagas that we read. Um, I think in both, uh, I think it was in Yala, and it definitely showed up in, um, why am I drawing a blank on the name? My my brain's just not working right now. The other big saga we read. Yeah. Luxtyla saga. Uh, yeah. Um, I think he was the one that they were like, doing the the swimming game where he was like holding the king under the water <laughs> yes that guy yeah yeah so we'll, we'll get to a longer saga that will be two weeks for him mm -hmm. but um in general not a lot going on in this saga uh no i, I read this one i was like that was it really yeah it's just mostly just a uh king going around and killing some earls uh, kings you be know? doing that. It's like the least interesting thing a king can do. Well, I, that's not true. Killing like Vikings, like going around and getting all the like rogue rogue bandits all rounded up. That's the most boring thing a king can do. Yeah. Second most boring <laughs> is killing all is the girls. other kings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So when I finished it, I was like, oh, I should have seen if I could figure out some way for us to like. Uh, read into the next saga a little bit where we like maybe get the conclusion um, of Haraldir, but uh, no, we didn't do that. No, we didn't do that. So, but if I remember, there's some there's some more uh, interesting stuff next time. Yeah, so it's fine. It's a big book. Not everything can be a winner. Yeah, sometimes a king is just a dud. You know? Uh, yeah, he, he wants all that gold. The history of kings. That's it. <laughs> He's going to take the yeah. money. He's not giving it back. Yeah. Um, I think this is our shortest saga segment, but. I mean, it's not our shortest saga, but it's, it's close. So that checks out. Yeah. I mean, our shorter saga we did with another saga. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll have one more like that. Uh, uh, did you want to talk about Gundam? Shorter. Sure. Um, you stood up to I victory. Finished, like, yeah, I finished victory, uh, and also my rewatch of IBO, like basically the same day. I don't. I don't give a shit about IBO. It's not real to me. I know. 
I'm sure you're just funny because they sure do think that great. everyone likes it, but yeah, um, it just really drove home IBO. Uh, I think likes victory. So that's good. That that's like the that's yeah. like the most specific thing anyone said about IBO that got me excited. Because like, um, n- I just talk about the tenor. I'm like, I feel like it was a lot of people's first Gundam, and I just don't trust the opinions of people who are talking about their first Gundams. I don't care which Gundam it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every week, people are posting about which from Mercury, like it's uh either betrayed them utterly or is the greatest thing in the world. And I bet it's just fine. I bet it's like a perfectly fine seven out of 10 Gundam. Yeah. Um, um, this, this is like true in my heart. Uh, but also I feel like it could come off as like biting and I don't entirely mean it that way. Uh, but it's like in a very similar place in my head as like licorice recoil. Uh, IBO or G-Witch? Um, I assume G-Witch. G-Witch, okay. yeah. Of, like... You didn't like, you know, li- you didn't like Lycoris Recoil, though, right? Yeah, like, it didn't really like it that much. There was a couple interesting things in it. But also, when I see the girls in my timeline, I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, it's the girls, you know? There's there's so many things I'm like that about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that way about, like, half of Gundam. Uh, like you know i'm like oh i don't i don't actually give a shit about hero yui but you know if i see hero yui doing something cool i'm like yeah yeah hero yui right that guy yeah <laughs> um, but most importantly you stood up to the victory uh Kajina can never lose until she does really badly yeah uh i like one of the first things i saw victory was that image of like her holding you know, in her hand, like the giant. The, the oh, her hands are open, or large and open. She's laughing. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with like the the Gundams in front of her, or the the Gundam in the yeah, it's the whatever. Yeah, yeah. the postcard shot of like episode forty eight or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um. So it was fun to finally get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. I enjoyed it a lot. Did Did you listen to the Puton? Uh yes. Yes, okay. Can. But I just uh, want to repeat things from the Puton. <laughs> um, also, Connor's uh, Gundam opinions are unfathomable to me. I cannot comprehend the nature of his Gundam takes. Yeah. Um. I th- I think I understand what he's talking about with like the empathy uh, with Shakti and uh, Uso and everything, and that being the focus of it. Yeah, I do. Agree um. Yeah. But I also then feel strongly about, uh, like, Shakti at the end of that is just like Princess Emerald from Ray Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. My thing is, um, because Uso is the youngest Gunner protagonist, not by much, but he also, despite being, like, not actually that much younger, he reads as younger in the text of the show more than any other protagonist. He might as well be a child. Um, yeah. And, um. It just allows Tomino to get to a thing that the teenage protagonists don't cannot reach in their psychology because they're so burdened by understanding things about the world, which is when he goes to up to uh, I think it's Fonz Kagati at the end and is like, maybe it's Queen Maria. I don't know. He's like, adults should have children and die. <laughs> this is the fundamental belief <laughs> that Tomino has about the usefulness of people is yeah. that they should procreate and get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Yeah. And not in a like uh 
Shinzo Abe, bad news for you, kind of way. Just in a the 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 malingering of adults is is the drive of society's ills. People who are not being productive in like a hum, like an animalistic way of like being productive is building communities and having children and expanding through time. Um, just accrue goods and cause harm, and thus are the root of all evil. Um, which is like not a sophisticated worldview, but I do think there's like a, a, a spicy energy to it to deliver in the 20th century being your big like thing. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's explicitly not in a, um, like fascistic overpopulation is g- killing all the people way. Um, because Gundam gets a sidestep the issue by moving everyone to space, right? We don't we don't have to we don't really have to talk about the way in which often these arguments end up being like, well, we just have to make all these people not have babies. Domino's explicitly not saying that because um, he's yeah. like human capacity allows us to fill this cosmos if we want to, um, and I think that's just really good. And then there's a giant psychic ring from heaven in it, and that part's sick also. <laughs> Yeah, the what angel if all the psychic great. people in all of the world were gathered into one place and to do something, whatever, like the engine of possibility, literally anything could happen when all the people get in the angel halo and some guy's like, well, I'm going to turn into a gun. And then all the psychics decide, no, we're going to fuck off into deep space forever. Yeah. Well, and also somebody's like, I'm going to use it to turn everyone into babies. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone into babies. I forgot yeah. about everyone into babies. God, yeah. that's great. Love it. <laughs> um it was funny to me too because it's just the most like uh big brain version of like there's this idea that comes up in Taoism sometimes of like uh the baby is in this like state where uh things just come to you like the things that you need just come to you because there are like other things caring for you um and like some desire to like find a way to uh organize yourself so that like you are with like not a lot of uh thing that's like taking a lot from you able to like sustain others and then others are able to sustain you um is i think like when there's some of like you know reverting to or like thinking about the state of a baby as like a thing that you can't ever fully get back to as an adult mm. but there's like some sort of value in there yeah um and this just like big brain does it into like what if we just force everyone to be babies <laughs> Um, it was very funny to me. Yeah, I for all of the talk of Tomino as like a politics guy, and I think that's mostly warranted. Um, at his heart, he's just like a a guy who is willing to expunge his like most id driven desires, and in a way that I find very relatable. It's like Tomino protagonists, and and I think often Tomino himself through his work just wishes things were okay, that parents were reliable, that the world was equitable, that the children were taken care of and were raised in a, a place where tomorrow is better than the day before. And there's a capacity for hope. And he doesn't believe that that universe exists. And I don't believe that universe exists. Um, but you see him just like cry out for it in like just a, the way a child would like, he just is a tantrum of, you know, it's the, why does no one ever call me the way that I want? Right. Um, expresses like a, a whole world. Yeah. And I find that intensely relatable. <laughs> it's like a thing that I think it all, all the time. I wish I had good parents. I wish there was like a God. I wish I believed the world was not careening into its own self-destruction. I don't believe any of these things, <laughs> uh, but I do want them. And I want them with like a, a, a very childlike 
need, despite the fact that they yeah. cannot be. And I think I think Victory is really good about that. I think I think it's interesting in the way that like people dismiss Victory as like, oh, he he made it and he's depressed and he doesn't really like talk about it. Blah blah blah. Um, often not having watched Victory, just saying that dismissively. Um, yeah, but fundamentally i think like turn a which is like the one he's like that you know if victory destroyed me turn a healed my soul or whatever um turn a is about everyone doing all the other stuff and then realizing at the back of their mind when they open up the vault of the dark history that that stuff's still there you you can't you cannot politic your way out of the existential dread that everything is meaningless and doomed (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and I uh, agree with that, is what I'm saying. That's, yeah. Maybe that's me bringing my baggage to what I think Tomino work generally is about. Um, but I do think it's there. Um, and to be fair, turn A is like, well, the answer is it's the connections you make with people and the care you exhibit for the people you love in your lives. And that's got to be more important than like winning the space war. And I, I tend to agree. But um, it's just a lot. <laughs> Those two in concert. The ending of Victory is so sad. Everyone's like finally in their little family unit, but it's like winter's coming and the Gundams are ruins on the hillside and Katagina's blind. And it's just like, and but in a way where it's like, there's no redemption. She Redemption requires her to have awareness of what has happened. She doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She just like has the state of loss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a really it's a really bitter ending, I feel like. And I, I like that about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also the bit towards the end. This is totally the this is the going just careening to wow cool robot. Um when you get the the victory two and it's got the fucking assault buster and shit, and there's like the all the little ships that surround the gun. It ju- and I said this in the GDP, it just becomes like the Gundam feels like the vanguard of the world changing in a way that I think even Tumino Gundam is not actually very good at depicting. It's like with this boy in this position right now, anything could be possible. Yeah. And what people are doing is pointing him like a spear and going destroy those guys, because that's the only conception anyone in Gundam has for what a Gundam can do. And victory expresses the idea that like Queen Maria is healing people. The angel halo could do maybe whatever you wanted it to. Um, but the you know the long history of Gundam is no one ever gets to realize the capacity for things that are not put a psychic boy in a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. All the stuff with the the wings, yes. on the Victory Gundam as well, really good. Um, yeah. Genuinely, one of my favorite like Gundam design like the the turn a gundam is also just very special to me because of how like it's just a weird bastard yes um <laughs> yes uh but especially for ones that just like kind of feel like this is just like a this is just a gundam you know the turn a gundam like intentionally feels weird um yeah it it is like right up there like nearly tied with the rx 78 too which is just like the ur gundam to me mm-hmm. you know everything has to like compare itself to that um and so i i appreciate it for just like it's like uh the, it just like design it it set forth that this, this design that like everything has to pull from now yeah. um and so there's like a way that uh just by time i think it's been like given a place in my mind but Um, 
Yeah, it's a good show though. It it's pretty high in my rankings right now. So, um, and then I started going to Max. That was the other thing I did. <laughs> uh, you you said um, I don't know this publicly that uh, the rudest yeah. thing you could have ever done to Gundam Wing was start Gundam X at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the pace that I've been watching them, I'm gonna like finish both of them on the same day. I think. Oh no. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's just the rudest thing I could have done to, to Gundam Wing because they're like Gundam X is pulling from a similar sensibility. It's like pulling back from what Gundam Wing is, like, more towards, you know, tell me no Gundam stuff. Yeah. Um, And it's making it stronger. But there is also just a way that, like, visually it still kind of looks like Gundam Wing. Yeah. Um, It's not quite as, like, over the top all the time. Um, But... Yeah. And so now I watch Gundam Wing and it looks so much like Gundam X that I'm like, I used to be watching Gundam X right now. <laughs> you could be watching Gundam X right now. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Gundam Wing was my first Gundam. So there's still a certain like nostalgia factor there, but I think it's just helping Gundam X more now. <laughs> I have a lot of affection for Gundam Wing. I want, I want it to be clear. A lot of that is based around, I really like Endless Waltz, but um, I see the capacity to just invest a lot in Gundam Wing, especially if you're not, like, particularly, like, crit-brained or ideology-poisoned, where you just see the parts where Gundam Wing stumbles into almost saying something and then pulls back, afraid of its own themes. Uh, yeah. Um, When I watched Gundam Wing when I was, like, 12... Um, like, I think it was like the month that I turned 12 that it started airing. Um, damn. Yeah. That was like prime time to watch Gundam Wing. Yeah. That was absolutely. just like, well, this is incredible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, now I think too much about stuff and it, it makes it less fun, but <laughs> it's weird how it on some level, and this is like just broader, it's not really about Gundam, but we're going to use Gundam as an example here. I sometimes worry, it's like, do I, I just do I do not have the capacity for joy because I overthink these things? But then it's like, you know, we both like SD Gundam Force. That, that's a show for six-year-olds. It's really fucking yeah. good, though. It's much better than Gundam Wing. <laughs> yeah. I think, like... The, the thing I'm running up against with Gundam Wing is that some... It's like this this tension where occasionally I then start thinking about the themes. Um, mm-hmm. and that's when I like, am not enjoying it as much, Yeah. but when I'm just sort of like having it as this, like, Oh, t- this is just like my G Gundam. It's like the G Gundam. That's more geared towards my aesthetic interests. Yes. Uh, and it's just like doing that as just like a fun thing to watch. That's when I'm really enjoying it. Um, but sometimes they'll start trying to talk too much about politics and I'm like, no, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just go back to like the hot boys in robots being dramatic. I was That's all <laughs> the, the initial pitch of there's a princess at a boarding school and the boy she likes is a, a soldier who pilots a robot who kind of hates her was so spicy to me. And then they just forget about it <laughs> like instantly. And like you had a perfect yeah. setup. Why not make the show about this? <laughs> like everyone had always sold like oh yeah. wing the people. The reason people don't like wing is because it's like shoujo inspired. And I'm like the reason because I, that I don't like Gundam wing is that it like teases being shoujo inspired and then isn't actually that at all. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be more shoujo. 
Um, what I'm saying is I should probably go and rewatch Escaflone at some point. Yeah. I mean, you can just wait till we do it for GDP. I don't know when that's going to be yeah. yet. My guess is it's going to be up against I can't remember AGE if you had announced that. No, no, no. Like, I've been saying I wanted... It, the thing is, it's, like, relatively short, so it's got to go up against a kind of short show. It'll probably be either G-Reco or AGE. I think that's probably correct. I think... Is AGE? I don't actually know how long AGE is, but it's, like, in one of those slots. Yeah. We have it roughly penciled in. It's not our double O backup, which is not announced yet. It's not... Um, I don't know what the next thing with a backup is after that <laughs> build. Uh, I because we're running into a lot of like OVAs, like Unicorn's not going to have a backup, and yeah. stuff like that. So I don't, I don't actually know. We're we're actually running out of backup shows. Like <laughs> it's really weird. AGE is forty nine episodes. Yeah, so it's not that one then. Yeah, AGE's yeah. AGE's really. Do you know the premise of AGE? Uh, yeah, the like. Three, yeah, it's like three, three protagonists gen- it, across time. Yeah, it's yeah. three generations of Gundam protagonists. So that that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, over like a hundred years or something. Yeah. So I that, that makes sense why it's fifty episodes. I've heard that even in our Discord, very few people think it actually is good. A lot of people think it's interesting, but like a mess. So I don't expect it to be um, actually good. <laughs> I would love to secretly be an AGE fan, but I kind of doubt I'm going to get there. Yeah. Um, the one other, let me, let me look this up and make sure that it's AG and not double O. Cause I also do, I remember the, the timeline thing with AG because it's like age, you know, like uh, across an age, like ages. Okay. Anyway, um, that's how I remember it. But there are other stuff that like, like if I imagine in my head, just like the image of like, you know, characters that I've seen. Um, I also sometimes mix up with double O. Um, and there's one thing that I think is AGE that I, I just learned because I was looking up something for, for IBO or like specific thing that it's referencing. And then I think someone was like the first time it started working like this in Gundam was AGE or something. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of that. So. Yeah. Um, but also, it could have been double O. I could just be wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Um, is double O the one that's like set in like our actual time? Yes, it is. Yeah, Anno Domini fucking years. Yeah, and they like. I mean, I guess, I guess Tomino Gundam, like you know, Universal Century talks about like what is it the the Middle Ages or whatever? Yes, I forget the term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, depending where, on depending yeah. on what kind of ancillary material you think is like important or canon um the universal century does not actually start that far away from where we are now probably <laughs> yeah but like projected from the 70s right where it's like oh by now we would have habitation space which is not worked out it turns out uh when the cold yeah. war ended nobody cared about paying for space anymore <laughs> yeah um, every time I put in my, my favorite movie set off in the far, set in the far off future, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is there some like, uh, Ghost in the Shell date that's coming up soon? Oh, really? Um, I forget. I forget when, like, Ghost in the Shell is set, when all the various ones are. I'm sure I won't be able to figure it. 2029. 
is the the film. Okay. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. Um Which that's funny because later stuff pushes when Ghost in the Shell is set further. <laughs> I'm trying I'm looking at like The problem is I can find good resources for future sci-fi setting events, but they're all written by like American sci-fi nerds and have nothing about at most um anime. Like yeah. the one I'm looking at does have Ghost of the Shell events are set in 2029. Uh, the events of the film Metropolis were set in 2026. So in three years, you go from Metropolis to Ghost of the Shell. Consider this. Yeah. Um, cyberization takes hold real fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and then uh, three years after that is Demolition Man. So that goes away really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then three years after that is the movie iRobot. That's when iRobot happens. So. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. I just remembered a thing from a trade show I went to. Yeah. Um, Where there's this one company that will basically like lease out robots to other companies like they own like the humanoid robots um will will rent them out to other companies to do work um and in their like busker mode they were talking about like how uh you know these workers like they don't need to eat and sleep and take breaks and they don't slack off and i was like this is so bleak <laughs> i hate this um but now I think about that whenever I think about like robot worker stuff. Um it's just companies uh fully selling that that is the benefit. So um Yeah, otherwise I read a lot of Berserk, but I already talked about that on stairwells a fair amount. Yeah. I don't have anything bad about Berserk. Yeah, I guess we you should wrap your little bit, and you sent it. Yeah, so. I um, I guess we should wrap it up. Yeah, this can be a short one. Forty-five minutes. It's it's thir- it's Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I've just am not used to doing short podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we reading next week? Uh, so next week we'll be reading. The first half of Olaf's saga Trigvisoner, or the saga of uh, Olivier Trigvison. Um It'll be chapters 1 through 51. All right. Uh, hopefully that's not too long, but who can say? You could say. I, yeah, I see 51 chapters, I go, oh no, that's a lot of chapters. Um, oh, I flipped to the wrong... I flipped to a different saga chapter 51. I was like, this is so long. <laughs> um, let me see. It's like 50 pages. Oh, okay. Might get started yeah. on that one early. Yeah. Uh, cause it's a, it was that or doing like 30 page chunks for this. Mm. I think cause it's about like a hundred pages. That's the saga. Okay. So, um, 
I rather do, you know, a little bit more covering. Um, so, but yeah, it will be a little bit of a read. All right. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FoxMomNia. Um, also other websites. That's usually the username I sign up with. Um, listen to my other podcasts, you know, ghost divers were doing iron, iron blooded orphans. I finished watching all of it, but there's still, I think two episodes left to go out. I have to actually edit one for this weekend. Um, and go listen to ornate stairwalls, movie podcast and pondering Putan, uh, my one short podcast, which is just kind of a comedy bit podcast where we sometimes talk about Gundam. Um, it's going to be so weird. It's going to be like all caught up on Gundam. Yeah, and then it's say, just you're gonna, really close to that yeah. point. And then you're just going to have to yeah. find something else to talk about. I mean, I'll have, I'll be like watching more movies again. Okay. This is the thing that's happening is I'm watching Gundam instead of movies right now. So I'm in, uh, on stairwalls. Autumn was describing the very real to me. Um, sometimes you just don't feel like movies. It doesn't matter how good the movie is. You're just like, eh, you know, it was a movie. Uh, and I've been in that for like three months now. So. Yeah. I've had it like a little bit, but not to that extent. Um, so, but a lot of it is just that like, I have this drive to get through Gundam by the time that I'm on great Gundam project. Um, also I've been playing a lot of Chrono Cross, not a lot, but like, you know, I've been playing a little bit cause I need to finish it before we do that. You got two and a half weeks. Yeah. I'm like in the end game now. Yeah. So, um, I'm in, like at the start of I think like the second to last dungeon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I've played this many. I probably could have gone on that podcast without playing it and just talked about it anyway because I've played the game so much. But uh, I didn't want to like refresh myself more directly. Mm. <clears throat> but I'm at the point where I've done like all of the side stuff that I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. so, um. I think the only thing is I just like need some more rainbow shells to get a few of the. Oh, you want to? You want know what I, I didn't do. do a single fucking thing of when I played Chrono Cross was farm rainbow shells. Yeah, I mean at this point I I don't really I don't think I actually need to. Um, I I summoned twice that entire game. <laughs> um, I I have like of the other shiny stuff. I have like fifteen of everything except for the the white one, just because you don't get like a summon that gives you that until much later. Um, Wait, cousin doesn't the saints not drop it? Uh, saints does. Okay, but the the saints you don't, you don't get until like the boss that gives it to you. Oh yeah, okay. Fair Whereas. Uh, for all the other colors, you can trap them from enemies if you know oh, what enemies you know. You know what I from. didn't go do? I didn't even trap the summons. I got. I think I ended up with the. You get the blue one for default, and I got saints, mm-hmm. and I think that might have been it. Well, you would have gotten the other. No, you ones get salamander, right? You get from the bosses. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, I, I got yeah. the boss ones. I did not trap anything though. Yeah. Yeah, you get all six colors from the bosses, okay. but. Um. Is not yeah. uh, that's not a part of the game I particularly enjoyed doing. Um, the the thing is, like at this point, I wanted to just get a little bit more of the uh, what is it? It's shiny. Um, I don't remember what the white one is. Shiny salt. Um, 
I want to get like a little bit more, but at this point I have my main character as just like such an absolute powerhouse. Cause I got like the, uh, weapon that always crits that mm-hmm. you have to like do a side quest for. Um, and I got the sunglasses and with those combined, it's just like, you do like two heavy attacks and you're, you're almost to the damage of saints. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So, yeah. It's so busted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm basically at the point where like everything's going to be a cakewalk now. Mm-hmm. I just got to do it. So, uh, um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. If you like to support us, that's patreon.com slash normalmapping for bonus podcasts. We have a VoIP life coming up soon. We have a blockbusters recording this weekend on smoking the bandit. I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I remember enjoying that movie, but I'm pretty sure Jack's going to hate it. So we're going to have a great time. Um, <laughs> almost certainly that's going to be the case. Um, Probably because uh, the last time I watched it was 15 years ago. Uh, it's it's nuclear levels of racism. <laughs> Which I'm yeah. sure are just innate. Um, but I don't know. It's been a while. Um, and uh, check out Abnormal Mapping. We recently put out an episode on uh, Potion Craft. We're about to do an episode just mostly me talking about all the Resident Evil games I've been playing. That's like not a game club. We just need to do catch up because when you come on for Chrono Cross, we you have a hard out. And so we can't go for four and a half hours, which I think if we put it all together, yeah. it w- we would go. Um, <laughs> it might secretly be the longest podcast recorded in a single segment if we'd put it all together. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, I just I- have a lot of games. I have so many games. Uh yeah, we have we have three hours to do yes. the abnormal mapping. I so. think Chrono Cross plus questions <laughs> is going to be two hours. I think that's about right. Yeah. Um. um anyway, plus I'll have all the other games that I play to talk about. Oh, um, other games. <laughs> you don't. You don't play video games. I used to. Yeah. They're just such a time sink. Uh, um, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. We'll be back next week. We'll be doing more of this. Um, we're not going to take another break, by the way, until like the first week in. What is that? Are, are we taking on the 31st? Yeah, I think we're taking on the 31st, right? Yeah. 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 Which will be like the June 1st yeah. episode. Right. I mean, you record them or you release them Wednesday nights. Anyway, yeah, but, but they're Thursday yeah. broadcasts. So, yeah. Yeah. The June 1st episode, we'll be taking um, a night off. Uh, do you have something? You sound like you're going to say something. No. Okay. Um, if that's it, then uh, we're out of the podcast. And then we are out of the podcast.
Thank mm-hmm. you.